Welcome back to the Rainy Day Smut Brigade, the podcast where we are such good girls. We have our own podcast about sexy books. I'm Ashley. And I'm Allie. And I'm Hannah. Before we get into anything, we want to remind you that this podcast is for mature audiences only. Now behave so we can get this episode started. That's right. You better behave. I'm not going to make it through this episode. (laughs) You're going to have to go find Martin. Oh my goodness. Before we get started, I'm just curious to know, what is the cringiest thing you've ever done? Cringiest? Yeah. In general, or cringiest? That you're willing to say on this podcast. I will go ahead and say mine. So I was in fourth grade, and I remember I bent over to pick something up in the middle of class, and I farted. Mm, and the people around me started laughing. So I started laughing, and then after class, I looked at the girl, one of the girls I was laughing, and I said, did you hear that person fart today in class? <laughs> and she says, Ashley, that was you. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> And I just never forgot it. The cringe factor of trying <laughs> to blame it on someone else. When it was obviously you. It was obviously me and she called me out on that shit so fast. Oh my God. So the first thing that comes to my mind is when my husband and I were dating. And keep in mind, we started dating when we were 14 years old and when we weren't in college. And my husband and I, we went somewhere and we came back and I had ripped his shirt because we had pulled over into a field. Oh, wow. And I had ripped his shirt on accident, and he happened to have an extra shirt in his back seat. So he put it on because we were having dinner with his parents right after. And neither one of us clued in the fact that they were going to be able to tell that he left the house in one shirt and came back in another. And so I tried to make a joke about it because his dad and his mom were just kind of looking. And I was like, oh, yeah, we just pulled over into a field, got busy for a few minutes, like trying to make light of it because I freaked out. But apparently I said exactly what happened. And like in like I word vomited it, not meaning to, you know, when you just get nervous and you just yeah. like word vomit everything. And I just remember his dad going, That was oddly detailed. <laughs> oh my god. I was like and then I remember being like, I have a stomach ache. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. <laughs> just like peace out the room. Oh my god. And then Please. when I came back, everyone's sitting at the dining room table getting ready to eat dinner, dead silent. And my husband at the time, boyfriend, is just sweating. Oh God. Because keep in mind, yes, we were probably 18 or 19, but we were also deep within our own purity culture. So this was a very much of a no-go. Not mm. supposed to do that. Not supposed to do that. The first thing that popped in my head when I was in the fourth grade, I had heard someone say a dirty joke. I didn't get the joke, but I knew that it was supposed to be funny or whatever. So I told my best friend Morgan and then she went home and told her dad. Oh no. And then her dad called my mom and said what I had said. And then my mom came in and was talking to me. And I just remember being so embarrassed the next time I had to go over to Morgan's house. We were best friends. So we were over at each other's houses all the time. And then her dad like laid into me. He was like, that was a bad joke to say. And it was so embarrassing to have him talking to me about this inappropriate joke. Yeah, I never have recovered from that. 
And so now sometimes I'm scared to say dirty jokes. <laughs> I just wanted to talk about cringy things because something cringy happens in the beginning of this book. Mm. That was a hard scene. I can't wait to get into it. Yeah. But before we take a quick break, <laughs> let's introduce our book and author. Our book this week is Praise by Sarah Kate from her Salacious Players Club series. She is a USA Today bestselling author. She lives in Arizona with her family and enjoys baking. She loves writing about taboo romances with what she calls heart-wrenching plot and toe-curling heat. On her website, she says, My passion in life is to normalize a reading experience that pushes boundaries and empowers women to own their sexuality. Things that trigger my soapbox rants are discrediting the romance industry or belittling its readers by calling it trash. You've been warned. I could quite literally go on for days. I like to take risks and write from the heart, and I want nothing more than to be an author readers trust to deliver books that are steamy as fuck, but with a strong storyline and well-rounded characters. I love that. I love that too. And we'll put her website link in our show notes so you can go look at her website. But before we get into the book, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back, ladies and gents. All right, we're back. So we're going to discuss Praise by Sarah Kate from the Salacious Players Club mm. series. And buddy, is Praise a good title mm. for this book? Hannah is so excited. I, can, <laughs> I am so excited. I she, wish you could see my face right now. When we were reading this book <laughs> and getting prepared for this episode, Hannah was texting us like that emoji that's red with the sweat and the tongue sticking out. <laughs> That was Hannah. She's, Constantly. She is ready. But this book opens up with a prologue. And you read the other book. Is it the same prologue? It's the exact same prologue it's in both exact, books. Yeah. Okay. So a group of friends or co-workers, Emerson, Grant, Garrett, Hunter, and Maggie, decide to start an exclusive dating service for people with kinks after Emerson gets punched by a woman because she doesn't like him being so dominant in his dirty talk. And therefore, the Salacious Players Club is born dating service yeah is born and eventually morphs into a actual club mm -hmm. but then we get into chapter one so the actual book begins with charlie or charlotte her full name underwood and she has broken up with her boyfriend Bo. he's mean to her he doesn't value her and he has cheated on her she's done with it they've lived together for six months and they found out they didn't work out when they weren't living together and were on and off things were a little bit better but they're just not working out now and he wants his security deposit back it's two thousand dollars but his dad has it because he co-signed on the lease agreement and Bo doesn't want to go get it because he does not speak to his dad so he's like Charlie you can go get the security deposit so Charlie picks up her sister Sophie and Sophie's a very important character in this book and takes her sister to piano lessons. In chapter two, we switch to Emerson's point of view. And Emerson, I'm just going to go ahead and describe what and who he is. He is a 40-year-old attractive man. He's got sandy brown hair with gray at the temples, which I would say is... Chef's kiss. <laughs> a nice beard and mustache combo. Very trimmed, not scraggly and long. He's buff. He looks good 
in a regular t-shirt. And during chapter two, he has a secretary in his office, but she's not a regular old secretary. She is actually his submissive, and he is not feeling her at the moment. She's being bratty, she's pouty while kneeling next to him as he works, and he tells her to leave. He calls Garrett, his co-worker, and Garrett says he'll try to find him a new submissive by the next day. Emerson says, don't worry about today. They're having a hard time finding a submissive that will meet his kinky needs and actually not be pouty and bratty about it. And they say in the book that all this is legal because they aren't paying for sexual services. <laughs> it's very, there's a lot of gray area yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of gray area. They say they have a great lawyer. I think his name is Vincent or something. I can't remember I exactly. Remember his name. But they say they have a top-notch lawyer. We are now back at Charlie's point of view. She pulls up at Bo's dad's house, Emerson, and she's shocked. She's like, this house is ginormous. This guy is rich. She says, what the fuck? It's on the beach, too, and yeah, it's, like, very nice. Very nice. She pulls up at the house. She's wearing her Doc Martens, her cute girl outfit, and Maggie is there, which is one of Garrett and Emerson's partners for the Salacious Players Club. Maggie is there and says, oh, I didn't expect you here, and she says, you look cute. She's looking at her Doc Martens. <laughs> you, you look cute. Okay, I think he'll like you, and she ushers Charlie into Emerson's office and says, you should probably start on your knees. Then Emerson walks in, and she goes, Hi, I'm Charlie. She's got her hands clasped in front of her. And so he immediately says when he sees her, You should start on your knees. Never be on your feet when I enter the room. And don't speak unless I want you to speak, girl. (laughs) He just lays it right out. And she says, Excuse me? And she freezes, and then he barks out on your knees. I I don't, I would not have done what she did next. Mm-mm. That Me was either. my question, is would you have done it? No. no. You wouldn't have gotten on your knees? No, no, never. Okay. In a consensual, if I knew I was doing this with a partner, yes, daddy, 100%. Yeah. If it was a scene yes. that we're both consenting to. But just walking in and a man being like, on your knees, I'd be like, excuse me, who the fuck do you think yeah. you are? Like, like what? If, let's just say I was Charlie and I was a 21-year-old girl and this super hot man walks in. I might would have done it, but y'all know I have a thing for older men. <laughs> I did not have a thing for older men until this book. Never liked an age gap romance until this book. I am a changed woman. <laughs> I've always been attracted to older men. Ashley will send us pictures yes. of like... Grandpa. Grandpa. Like, grandpa, grandpa. Like, <laughs> legitimately, like, like, full like on. Chevy, Chevy Chase or somebody. Not Chevy Chase. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of somebody old. God. Bill Murray. Uh, okay, okay, now. <laughs> That's closer. <laughs> give me give me some Steve Martin. We might, we getting close. Oh I'm not going to hate on that. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Steve Martin, if you ever hear this, I'm married. I'm sorry, but I probably would do you if you took enough Viagra for me. <laughs> Is that your hall pass? No, Will Arnett would be my <laughs> Will Arnett. You like his deep voice. Buddy, do I like his deep voice? <laughs> He's so freaking goofy. Would you make him do a chicken? Yes, I'd make him do a <laughs> <laughs> Can't even do the chicken. <laughs> 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 
cannot breathe. I'm here. I'm laughing. So hard. <laughs> well, the rest of, we need to quit talking say, about yeah. TV shows. Yes. Oh. We only quote like three TV shows. We quote like Just a, Arrested Development in the office. <laughs> We've quoted some other ones. Anyway, he's saying, I didn't expect Garrett to send you. I told him not to send you, but if you want your money, do this. And eventually she says, what? Who's Garrett? And he says, what? And she goes, I'm Charlie Underwood. I'm here <laughs> to pick up the security deposit for the apartment for Bo. And he says, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's like, get up. He's like, get up, get up, get up. Oh, my God. He's mortified. And she says, who the heck did you think I was? What the hell? And he says, I have to apologize. I thought you were someone else. And she says, what? Someone you hired? I was going to say, it's so cringe. Not her getting on her knees, but him having to explain yes. what he thought she was. That is really funny to me. I will say, this is where I fell in love with him. And I fully realized that we are so early into the book. But I fell in love with him because as soon as he realized that it was a miscommunication and she wasn't there for that, he was like, I am so sorry. What I loved is... He says, oh, please don't let, just don't tell Bo. Like, yeah. here's your check. Here's your $1,000. Here's your part, your half of the security deposit. And then she starts thinking, maybe I, I might have to mention it to Bo. And mm -hmm. he's like, how much do you want? She says, two fifty. He says, $250. She's like, yeah, $250. <laughs> and so he writes another check out. And when she walks away out to the car, it's five grand. Yeah, the first check is five grand. And then he writes her another one. Yeah, the security deposit's a thousand bucks, her yeah. half. And then he writes her the five check grand for five check. Grand. Just because yeah. he wants to give her money. Yeah. And I love that. I was like, girl, get your money. Go on. I do love how she became a boss right there. And she like, did. Like, you know what? I'm going to use this. And then I'm going to take my mom and my sister out for tacos and margaritas. <laughs> I, I love that. Well, Sophie can't have margaritas because she's 15. Yeah. And Charlie's sitting there while they're having their tacos and margaritas. And she's reflecting. She's getting little butterflies thinking about what happened because... While she was there on her knees, he did come over to her and lift up her chin a little bit and say, lovely. That just melted her a little bit because Bo, his son, is the exact opposite. He's always mm -hmm. pointing out her flaws and everything wrong she does. And she has a complicated relationship with her father, who does very similar things. Anyway, Charlie's reflecting. She really liked what happened. She's kind of, why did I like it? What's wrong with me? I'm a feminist. <laughs> so they eat their margaritas and tacos. And they go home, and Charlie happens to live in a cute little pool house behind her mom and Sophie. And she goes in that pool house, and she starts looking up the club and Emerson to find out a couple things. And she knew what the club was because she saw it on the check. Mm -hmm. It was just, like, the initials of the club. So she started digging, and I really enjoyed her little rabbit hole of clicking on finding the club and then figuring out what the club was mm -hmm. and then, like, finding different things online yeah. and then she saw something that was like praise kink and it started sinking in for her a little bit that that might have been what she felt when she was on her knees isn't that how she found madam kink's website mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so charlie's at work at the skating rink the next day <laughs> or whenever it is 
And in comes Mr. Daddy Emerson Grant. And he offers Charlie a regular secretary job while she is at her skating rink job. So she sits down with him and she asks him about the club. She's curious about what they do. And she's also curious. She asks him, honestly, like, how did I do yesterday when I was on my knees? And he tells her that she looked exquisite mm. on her knees. And if that don't make my pussy throb, no. <laughs> okay. So Charlie goes to the mall to buy clothes for her new secretary job. She buys a nice pencil skirt, a sheer top, and some sexy lingerie. Charlie walks into work with her brand new get up and Emma. Emerson is like, whoa, hubba, 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 hubba lady. (laughs) He cannot stop staring at her cleavage. His hands are itching because he wants to touch her, but he is holding himself back because he offered her a normal job and she is his son's ex. So she's forbidden fruit. Which is one of the best tropes. She begins to ask him about the club since she's working for the club technically and what people do there. And he tells her people do role play, degradation, age play, edging, objectification, bondage. And Emerson lets her know what his kink is because obviously she was exposed to it. (laughs) I'm a dom, a dominant, and I like submissives. And that's the kind of relationships I enjoy. Doesn't always involve sex. I just like that. She ends up asking Emerson on her first day of work what he thinks her kink is. Emerson knows he's too intrigued by Charlotte. He's like, if anything has been proven to me, it is that I need to watch myself. This girl, I can't ignore. When he offered the job, he wasn't consciously being like, I can't stay away from this girl. I have to have her. I think he was thinking just selfishly, oh, this could be a link to Bo. Mm -hmm. But I think as soon as she was there that day, he immediately knew. She dressed on purpose. Right. Yeah. Because she wanted his attention. Yeah. And so I think that's when it hit him. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is going to be different than I originally thought. Yeah. She's not up in here in her Doc Martens anymore. Emerson decides to take her up to the club. It's six weeks from opening and she gets out the car and meets Drake, the contractor. Mm. And Drake mistakes her for a special secretary of Emerson. And she's, oh my God, he's like a Greek. God, the way he looks. He's so hot. And then Emerson, you can see like a tinge of jealousy there. He starts treating her like a child. Like, you don't need to be, she's not one of those, get away from her. Like, she's a regular secretary. He's obviously jealous. And Emerson walks off to do something. And they're in the club. It's not finished yet. But Garrett shows her around a little bit and shows her to some rooms. And in one of the rooms is a throne. And she says, what the heck is this for? And he goes, let me show you. And he says, sit down. And he gets on his knees in front of her and bows down. And slowly he slides his hands up her calf. She feels arousal, but not attraction for Garrett. And then Emerson walks in and he's pissed to Mm. see her (laughs) in this room with this velvet throne and they leave so my question for you is because I need you to explain this to me because you know these things bother me how the fuck they gonna keep this shit clean it is crushed velvet that was one of my thoughts I (laughs) didn't even didn't even cross my mind not once because there's a scene later in the book where they quickly end up in the throne room and I'm like but the club has been open. People have probably been in that room. How are they cleaning this? Do they have cleaners that immediately, as soon as someone walks out of the room, go in? Oh. I mean, COVID precautions. <laughs> you got to take care of this shit. I'm telling you. I was like, this is not leather. 
Yeah. Just not- I didn't even think of that. I'll be honest. I missed that it was velvet. In my head, I was thinking of the Iron Throne from Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> like, I knew it wasn't that extreme, but I was thinking, like, rough and hard. Charlotte like, is coming. <laughs> Where are the dragons? <laughs> but even that, I was this like, did somebody kind of come book. and clean that? <laughs> yeah. If it was cold metal, I'd be like, that's easy. Yeah. Do a life salt wipe. Yeah. But this is crushed red velvet. Juice is getting stuck up in that mm. shit. Mm. Yeah, I'm a little grossed out now. I did, I was too focused on like Emerson coming in, and I wanted him to punish her. Mm. I would want to sit on that chair. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, neither. Not now. Mm-mm. Not even with three cans of Lysol. Could you get me to sit on that chair? Yeah, I think I blacked out in the velvet because it must have grossed me out in my head. Mm-mm. I feel like I did too. Ashley like, is gonna keep us safe. I am. I'm here to keep I you safe. That, Ashley, thank you. From the poop and from the crushed red velvet. So Emerson is getting more and more attracted to Charlotte and notices how she is dressing each day for work. He's trying to remember his best that she is off limits. They end up having a discussion about the opening of the club and Emerson needing a date. And he doesn't have one. Charlotte says, you, you need a date. Let me read your love line. I can read palm. So she grabs his hand. She's touching his palm. You have a really big heart line. She says, I do too. And he's looking at her hand and touching her hand. And for the first time, they mm-hmm. kiss. And he takes his hand. He's going to brush up against her arm and deepen the kiss. And it gets interrupted. And Charlotte, or Charlie, as she likes to be called, is like, oh, really? She's so disappointed. But even though they get interrupted, Emerson invites Charlie to be his date to the grand opening. Now, Charlie is still disappointed that Emerson seems to regret the kiss they had. He says, let's forget about it. But he says, it's not that I don't want you. It's just that you're my son's ex-girlfriend. And He's trying to be respectful. I'm trying to be respectful. But he does say, you're such a good girl, Charlotte. Mm. And she melts at his words. A little bit after that, Charlotte goes out for their lunch. Her car's not working. So she and her fancy new heels walks like a mile and a half each Mm. way to this deli. (laughs) And Emerson does not realize she's doing that until she comes back. And he looks down at her feet and they are red and swollen. And they sit down and she takes a bite of her sandwich and he says, give me your feet. She's like, what? He says, give me your feet. You're not going to do that. Next time you need to tell me, you can take my car. I'm going to get your car fixed. You don't need to call a mechanic. So he's got one foot up and he's rubbing it. And she is just moaning. She's like, oh, that feels so good. And she throws her head back because it feels so good. And Emerson is, he's getting a hard on. (laughs) And it made me feel so uncomfortable. (laughs) I hate, I hate things with feet. Yeah, me too. I can't stand it. I don't like when people touch my feet unless I'm like getting a pedicure and even then I'm like oh I don't like it but it feels good but I don't like it I did think about her feet being a little sweaty yeah they were probably sweaty and like she doesn't know this man yeah so if someone's like let me hold your foot even now I've been married to Walt for over 10 years and if he touches my foot I'm like oh oh you touched my foot here is the kicker and I didn't even mention this before he says take off your hose 
I can get to your feet. And so she pulls up her skirt a little bit and undoes oh. the garter she has that on a she's garter. wearing. And he's like, fuck, fuck me. I am fucked. <laughs> and she pulls it down and he's rubbing her. F- he moves to the other foot. Her free foot notices his little heart on he's got <laughs> going on there. And she starts playing around doing little footsies. With his erection. About six weeks later, Emerson picks Charlotte up for the opening of the club. She's bought this beautiful turquoise and golden dress. And she's surprised. He's treating her like a real date. And she's looking around to see what people are doing. It's very interesting. There's stripper poles. There's all sorts of things going on at this club, which is a sex club. But it's a club for kinky people who need their own space. She notices another woman on her knees next to a man in a card table and he's petting this woman's head he's looking adoringly at this woman beside him and charlotte says that should offend me because i'm a feminist but something in me Mm -hmm. really likes that Mm -hmm. i love that she brought up multiple different uh, like points of like her being a feminist i I should not like this Mm -hmm. she always mentions oh it's the patriarchy ingrained in me it does cause me to think about what is feminism and just because it doesn't look like this is that still feminism if she's doing it because she wants to and she right. finds, yeah I think it causes the reader to really think about what does it mean for me yeah I think there it's a place to be free so right I think yeah it's, and it's, I think that's the author's point is showing yeah it is about finding freedom in yourself yeah well eventually after dancing with her handsome daddy date, Charlotte goes off by herself. Mm. And she knows because she's been in this hallway before, but this time the hallway has a velvet rope in front of it with the bouncer. And she says, you looking for the bathroom? And the bouncer kind of looks at her. She's not smooth at all. She finds herself walking through the dark hallway and there's a bunch of different rooms some of the windows are closed she can hear things going on some pounding going on behind the rooms but she comes up to the throne room and when she gets there there's a woman sitting on the throne and there's another woman in front of her as Garrett illustrated for her this woman is sitting there in front of her but this woman is in between this other woman's leg eating her out her face is buried between the other woman's legs and Charlotte is just like stunned she is stuck in place. She's watching. She can't look away. There's also another person in the room, and she can't make out who it is, but he's stroking the woman in the chair's shoulders, head, and for lack of a better phrase, Charlie's getting wet. Mm-hmm. She says her thong is soaked, but she cannot look away. She really wants to touch herself, but she says, I can't touch myself here. I'm out in public. And all of a sudden, she hears this voice go, enjoying yourself. <laughs> Emerson shows up behind her and he says, you can touch yourself back here. It's fine. No one can see you. And he takes her hand and hand over hand. He helps her pull up her skirt and he takes her hand and places it in between her legs so that she can touch herself. And she begins to rub her clit and she leans back into him and she feels his hardness. And as she's watching these people, she sees the woman come to completion. And as the woman in the chair comes to completion, Charlie also comes to completion. And Emerson then proceeds to stick his finger and and feel the wetness and pull his finger back out and put it in his mouth to taste her. He takes her back home. 
And she decides that she's not going to be a regular secretary anymore. She saw that woman at that card table. She was like, you know what? I'm going to give Emerson what he wants, a regular secretary and a special secretary. Because she now knows that praise is her kink. Let's take a quick break. Charlie, or Charlotte, as Emerson likes to call her, makes her decision. She's a little bit nervous, but she did her research. So she shows up to Emerson's house the next day ready to be a special secretary and to be a submissive. He's not there yet. He's at a meeting. When she hears him coming in the door, she's got her pillow ready because she found a little life hack for submissives (laughs) online. Have a pillow for your knees. And she gets on her knees and puts her head down and he walks in and like has to take in a breath. And he walks over to her and he says, is this what you want? And she says, yes, Yes. sir. Yes, sir. She has a list of her limits ready. And she lets him know that. She gets up to go get this list of limits. And he says, no, crawl. The way my body tensed up. When he gave that command. So he makes her crawl for the list and she's trying to figure out how do I take the list and get it to him. And he says, put it in your mouth. So she crawls to him with the list in her mouth. To me, there is a little bit of degradation Mm -hmm. in his dominance. I was going to say, I think he does... A little bit of degradation, like for degradation. Sure. Because later on, he does call her words uh-huh. and things like that. And I, if I'm remembering the opening prologue, that is what he got punched for was because yes. he was using degrading language. Yes. We move on to Emerson's point of view after they do this first day of being dom and sub. And he says, we're not going to do this every day. And he's still thinking that this doesn't have to be sexual, but we can go through this. Some days you can just be Charlotte, but other days you'll be my submissive. He's in the shower and he cannot stop thinking about her. And he is lost in fantasy. And basically he gets his rocks off in the shower thinking about the way that she calls him sir he's thinking about warm jets of cum all over her face and her licking it clean and then of course he orgasms (laughs) in the shower that did nothing for me y'all need to get kinky i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) then she texts him she's researching things about like a saint andrew's cross i believe Mm. it's called and different things like different kinks and she says i can't believe i'm even saying this but i like being submissive and she says she just wants to be enough for him and she wants to make him proud even if we can't dot 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 frowny face and he's like oh fuck fuck and he tells her how proud she made him and that she was enough and she's perfect and she says thank you sir and he says god i'm so fucked <laughs> <laughs> he knows he knows he knows So they go to the club a couple days later, and they meet this woman named Monica who is selling sex toys. And she seems to know Emerson a little Mm. bit. Mm. And this is making Charlie uncomfortable. They seem to be a little too familiar because she understands that they used to work together. Monica worked Mm -hmm. for Emerson. She's like, 
uh-uh, fuck no. And he says, Charlotte, greet Monica. She's kind of like, hey. Yeah. Emerson walks off with Monica to go show her some things, and Charlotte is just pissed. She's pissed that Emerson has gone off with Monica. They mm-hmm. don't have a sexual... That he turned it into a submissive day like that. Like, she felt like he reduced her to that. Yeah, she she felt mm-hmm. like he uh-huh. reduced her in front of this other lady mm-hmm. who used to be his submissive. Mm-hmm. And she's pissed. Hunter and Drake are there. Hunter's married and he's looking at something that maybe he wants to get for his wife and Drake, who is the guy who flirted with her before, says come over here, come over here. What do you think Hunter should get for his wife? Was a gift? What toy? She says, I don't know. And Drake is like, what do you think about this? And what it is is a remote controlled vibrator you put inside of you so it hits your <laughs> G-spot and your clit at the same time. He's like, go put it in, go put it in. I bet you won't, I bet you won't. She's pissed at Emerson. She goes to the bathroom and she puts it in and she walks out and Drake pushes the button and it's on the lowest setting and she's like, oh, I can barely stand it. She starts begging him to stop, stop, stop. And they're all laughing. And he presses the button again. And she's trying her best not to orgasm. She's like, stop it, stop it, stop it. And they're laughing. And then Emerson storms out. And he is so mad. He takes the vibrator away from Drake. And he takes her out to eat. And he punishes her for her disobedience by making her orgasm with the vibrator in at the table. And she's so mad at him. She's like, mad, why would you, you have you slept with this woman? And mm-hmm. he's like, says, yeah, I have. Did you sleep with her today? He says, no, we are in a relationship. Even though we're not having sex, you mm-hmm. need to trust me. Yeah. I felt like it was unfair for both of them to react the way that they reacted. Honestly, yeah. yeah. For I think they were both in the wrong. Then he tells her, oh, I acted that way because I wanted her to know that you were mine. Mm-hmm. Which wanted- is not what she thought at all. No. She mm-hmm. thought the opposite. I think for most people in that position, I wouldn't have thought I that. I wouldn't have thought that either. No, but to him and that community... And this Monica woman, knowing him, like, Mm -hmm. he was claiming Charlotte by making her be submissive in front of Monica. So I have a question. Okay. Would you wear a vibrator in public and let your partner control it? If it didn't make noise. Have Um, you ever done it? (laughs) No, I've never done it. I don't know if I would. Even if, like, you can completely hold it in. Yeah. And don't. Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird to me. And I don't think that I could get there from that. I just don't think I would be able to get there with so many other things happening around me. I think I would just, it would be edging me the whole time. And I think it would just annoy me the whole time. (laughs) I've, I have, and I will agree that you you don't, I couldn't in terms of like getting there. It was definitely more of an edging situation. Yeah. But it was fun as hell. (laughs) If I knew. And I would do it again. No one around me knew. Because I also agree with you about that, Allie. If I knew that no one around me knew, I wouldn't care. Yeah. But at the same time, I'd be scared it would make too much noise. Yeah, you'd have Mm -hmm. to. You have to get one that makes no noise Mm -hmm. and position yourself where you're not facing anyone. You can really make it to where it's not known at all. At work the next day, Emerson feels a little bit bad about how he reacted to the situation. As he should. With Drake. Yes, as he should. So he presents her with paperwork so she can be more specific about what she is agreeing to as his submissive and his extensive paperwork. And Charlie is frustrated because she wants dick and she ain't getting it. (laughs) So she confronts Emerson about the list because why doesn't he fill one out and let her know what he wants? And he tells her if he could have his way every damn 
thing on that list would have a five out of five from him because he wants to do all those fucking things to her. They're about to cave after she fills out all that paperwork. He's upstairs working out. He's shirtless. She goes upstairs to give him the paperwork or whatever. He's shirtless. She's standing in between his legs. But all of a sudden, Bo shows up. Unexpected. Unexpectedly. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, I'm cool. And they're dragging <laughs> all normal. And, and Emerson is like, hey, why don't you two go out to dinner together? And yeah. Charlie's like, what the fuck? Yeah. I don't really want to go out to dinner with Bo. And Emerson's staring at Bo the whole time. Yeah, like, so happy son. that his yeah, yeah. son came. Yeah. And then he's like, why don't you guys go out to dinner? Yeah, yeah, you should do that. Bo follows her back to her house. Bo seems to think he and Charlie are going to get back together. And she says, absolutely not. We're not getting back together. You cheated on me, you prick. So he goes on his way. He's not happy. And then Charlie decides, I want this with Emerson. I'm going to go get it. So she shows up at Emerson's house again that night and confronts him about what she wants. And he tries to fight it some more. And she's like, why is it all about your feelings? This Mm -hmm. is what I want. I know what I want. And she gets him to further express how he really feels. Suddenly, his body is like pressed against her. He says, I didn't expect you to be so perfect. I had no idea keeping my hands off of you would be so difficult. And when I walked in that day, found you on your knees, he says, oh, you have no idea what you did to me. And then her back is pressed against the wall and he's kissing down her neck and he barely comes up for air. He, like he's dying of starvation. His rock hard bulge is like <laughs> rubbing against her clit and she explodes with sound and he goes, my girl wants this, doesn't she? And she goes, yes, I want it. And Allie is cringing. I just like imagine my husband saying that to me. And <laughs> I in the moment would be like, what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> I would like laugh in his face. I feel like that's most things in romance books yeah. or fantasy yeah. books yeah. that I love that the men do. But if I, my husband actually yeah. did it, I would be like, who are you? Who are you? Why are you saying that to me? What? He says, if you want it, then get on your knees and take it out. And she pulls that thing out and gazing up at him with her sex crazed eyes. She goes, now what? <laughs> he goes, what do you want to do with it? She's like, I want to suck your cock, man. <laughs> Actually, sir, can I suck your cock, please? Please, sir. (laughs) Let me suck your cock. I want to lick it like a lollipop, sir. Lick, 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 lick it from your head. So she does that, and then they go to pound town. He drops her onto the desk, and he rips her shirt. That made me mad. I was like, you just destroyed her shirt, man. I was going to say, that's not sexy to me in books. I mean, it, because in reality, my first thought is, what the hell? Do you know how much this shirt costs? <laughs> like, I, I'm wearing it because I like it. He's a millionaire. He can get her another one. <sighs> I know, but I'm just, ugh, I hate it. And I like ripping their shirts. I just don't want anyone to wear mine. Another thing that bothers me in books is when they talk about how wet the woman is. He's like, God, you're so... Yes. Yeah. I was... I meant to mention this the first... Okay. So the first time when they were together and she was watching and he put his hand in her underwear and they were like soaked. And one thing that I kept laughing about was how often her underwear was soaked. And I'm like, is it really though? Do you need to go to the doctor? (laughs) Like we got some bacterial vaginosis going on? (laughs) Seems like a lot of discharge is we might need to get on an antibiotic what color is it ma'am you need to get on an antifungal sweetheart charlie 
even in my own books, I've talked I was going to say, like, oh, you're so wet. Like I get yeah. it. I get it's figurative get language. It. Yeah. Figurative language. But there was so much of it in this book. But like the towards the end, I just would start laughing every time I heard it. So I was like, again, damn, she's ready to go. She wet. She, she's <laughs> that girl's wet. Mm hmm. Anyway, he's like sniffing her pussy, by the way. Sniffing it before he... It's like my nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) She said, normally I'd be embarrassed. Whatever. It's my ex-boyfriend's dad. It's fine. (laughs) So he's licking her and he says, oh, you taste so good. He's just lapping up all of that Charlie goodness. And she says, I'm going to come. And she does. Her body erupts with pleasure, and then he wipes off his mouth, and he tells her how beautiful she is when she orgasms, which of course she is. She's 21. (laughs) Fuck her. (laughs) She doesn't have kids. She's not tired all the time. And then he says, I gotta fuck you right now. I just, I gotta fuck you right now. Like lightning. And so he's in her, he's hitting her center, and she says, I'm coming again. (laughs) Which again, I'm like... Kill me now. <laughs> now. He says, open your eyes because he wants to see it. And he says, oh, I love fucking you. <laughs> In the context of the book, I love it. I, I was going to say, but when we're saying it out loud, it sounds so like so cringy. cringy. It's funny when we're talking. <laughs> like, I didn't blink twice when I was reading and listening to this book. But really thinking about it, what the hell? really enjoyed this next part. Tell me what you think about this. They have sex again, and she goes home late, late at night, and then still comes in early for work, and he says, next time you come to work at 10, well-rested. She's like, yes, sir. He says, take these off. So she takes her clothes off and works until lunch, like, completely in her underwear. And I would be like... Odd. No. <laughs> I'd be, like, thinking about all my roles. Yeah. Yes. And I, she obviously does not have any such thing. She has to work in her underwear. And then he tells her to come over here and he says, you've been distracting me all day, you little whore. You slut. Mm. Allie's cringing again. <laughs> Tell us your thoughts, Allie. Is this the scene where he makes her read the form? Yeah. So I thought this scene was ridiculous and it wasn't sexy at all. Yeah, because he makes her come over and sit on his lap while he's trying to work. Yeah. And he sticks his hand down her panties, and he starts touching her, and he says, read this tax form. And she's reading this tax form. Yeah, and she's like, 1099. 10.99 if the compliant blah, 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 blah. Miscellaneous income for and each person like, in the course of your business. And yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> this is stupid. I know. And she stops reading. It's like, uh, he's like, keep reading. <laughs> I did think that was ridiculous. I did like the little degradation before that. Yeah. Like this is this part this one, this part didn't hit for me. The reading of the forms. The reading of the tax forms. Yeah. That's um, not like I feel like if she was reading like a romance book and it was a smut scene in a romance book and he was doing that to her, like I'd be like, Okay, for some reason that might be cute, but I think a part tax of it form is like it's what's the point? This is very real this is very fantasy like. Yeah. Even though it's romance and we're very realistic. If I'm about to have an orgasm, I want to be just focusing on my orgasm. Like I yeah. wanna have I'm not gonna be able to just think about a fucking tax form and then come. It's just not realistic. PSA from the Rainy Day Smut Brigade. If you're going to finger a woman, please don't make her do your taxes. <laughs> Go to H&R Block. That is all. Thank you. 
then it's time for Sophie's birthday party. It's going to be a party oh, at the skating rink. <laughs> and Emerson's texting because he's like, I miss you. Come over. And she's like, I can't. I have my sister's birthday party. And he's like, where is it? And he shows up at this birthday party mm. with a gift for, what is it? Anime convention. Anime convention. Because she's into drawing and stuff. Mm. Sophie likes to draw. She loves comics. That's the kind of gal she is. He gives Sophie this amazing gift. And Sophie's having fun with her friends. And then Emerson ends up going back to their house and watching movies with them, sitting on their couch. She met her mom. Emerson says, hey, let's go to your room. So she goes, takes him to the pool house. She's a little nervous about that. But then Emerson sees a family photo that Charlie has up. And there's a little boy in it. And we find out that little boy is actually Sophie. And Charlie is super nervous to see how he reacts. But Emerson reacts perfectly with no judgment. And it's at this moment we find out that Sophie is a trans girl. Mm -hmm. I did. So I knew that Sophie was LGBTQ community Mm -hmm. just because of some things that had been said. But it was done so well Mm -hmm. that... I did not know that until it came out. And I was like, oh. There was a little hint. I could see this. When mm-hmm. they had the question of, do I look happy? Yes. And Sophie asked Charlie that question the first time she came in with makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do I look happy? There and was Charlie a hint said, there. Yeah, you look mm-hmm. happy. So I, but I, I loved, loved that. Like, I could cry thinking about how supportive <laughs> Charlie is of mm-hmm. Like, her no sister. question. Just, I love you. I support you 100%. Yes. I am obsessed with that. And, and I love how Emerson just jumped in there, yeah, too. Yeah. Didn't even ask, this is Sophie, mm-hmm. that he has no judgment. It's like a low yeah, bar. It's a low bar. Yeah, it's a low <laughs> it's bar. It's a low bar to pass, but props to Emerson because their dad has left them because he's an asshole who didn't want to admit that he has a trans daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is when we find out about Sophie, but we also find out that that is the reason that their dad left. Yes, I believe so. And this is one reason why Charlie is just so protective of Sophie. But after we have this heartwarming moment, (laughs) Emerson decides to teach Charlie some dirty talk. (laughs) And cringy. He says, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? And she goes, I want to watch you. (laughs) He goes, no, tell me what you want. She goes, uh, uh, he said, Charlie, listen to me. You can do this. He's like her hype man. <laughs> She's like, I want to watch you touch yourself. He's like, no, you can do better. <laughs> Try again. She's like, uh, stroke your cock for me. He's like, uh-uh, you can do better than that. <laughs> She's like, I want to watch you fuck your fist until you come all over my chest. <laughs> Okay, hearing it in the audiobook was amazing. <laughs> Listening to it right now, I am dying. <laughs> I was <about> to <laughs> say it. Like reading it, I would have been like, I don't know another way to say it. <laughs> I would have been like, I'd have been like, get out. That's because you see, you would be out. the bratty. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't respond well no. to his. I tone. would be like, I would just come up with every saying I could. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All I see Maybe. right now. <laughs> All I see right now is y'all, you and Walt, and you slap him <laughs> say it again no slap him <laughs> say it better <laughs> accurate in my head and Walt is scared of me <laughs> she's like i'm sorry i'm trying so hard <laughs> i'm sorry i'm not gonna dirty talk <laughs> my cheeks hurt and michael's so like oh i want to shoot your dog <laughs> That's the first dirty talk Michael ever tried to say to me. He was like, I'll shoot your dog. <laughs> like I'm calling PETA. You're no, sir. 
Straight to jail. <laughs> Straight to jail. Oh, what, what does an 18-year-old know about dirty talk? Oh, my God, I'm crying. We're making out in the midst of our purity culture selves trying oh to do God. dirty talk. We can't even have sex. <laughs> I might go to hell. <laughs> I might go to hell. Make out with me and talk dirty to me, Michael. I'll shoot your dog. Oh, Lord. I am crying. <laughs> that was so funny. Uh, anyway, she goes, fuck yourself. Do it faster. She's giving him instruction. She says, do it, Emerson. She cries out, come all over me. And with a heavy grunt, he does, and she does at the same time. And he says, you're fucking unbelievable. I love you so fucking much. He doesn't say, I love you. They don't say that. <laughs> but <laughs> they learn some dirty talk. So later, they go to the club. It's a work day. And they're supposed to be at auction that night. But some of the girls have dropped out of the auction. And Gary it's like, hey, why don't we get Charlie to be in the auction on? Charlie can do it. And Emerson says, hell no. And Charlie says, I wouldn't go for anything anyway. And something like just clicks in Emerson's head. And he's like, oh, fine. I'll go talk to her. I'll go talk to her. And he asked her if she wants to be in the auction. Really bothered that about the the comment. Yeah, of, that she mm-hmm. said she wouldn't, she wouldn't go for anything. Yeah, no, she wouldn't get anybody's attention. Because he truly wants her to see herself <laughs> as how he sees her. Yeah, and he will go to extensive lengths to show her and we'll get into that in a minute. I had some <laughs> feelings about that. Anyway, she's like, okay, I'll be in the auction. And she goes, by the way, I got tested and I'm clear. And he says, oh, fuck. So they raw dog it real quick <laughs> before the auction. And he says, but I want you leaking my cum in your panties while you're on stage. <laughs> Possessive <laughs> for this auction. I just think that's funny. He's about to send her out there in her undies. But he wants to be possessed. Yeah, I was going to say, he's... It's a little, there's a contradiction. There. Charlie ends up being the most expensive girl in the night. She goes for seventy five so cliche thousand dollars because Emerson is fighting with this other guy at the auction. This one guy wants her, and then finally Emerson's like seventy five grand. And Charlie's like looking at him, going, "No, no, no!" Shaking her head. And Emerson looks furious, and she thinks Emerson's mad because of all the money mm-hmm. that she cost him. Mm-hmm. And he takes her back to her, the room. He says. I'm getting my hour. I paid for it. I'm getting my hour. He handcuffs her to the bed, Mm. blindfolds her, puts Mm. nipple clamps on her. Mm. He says, do you know I'm punishing you right now? And she's like, because of the money. He's like, no, fuck no. I told you how much you're worth, that you're mine and you don't believe me. Say you're worth it. Say you're worth it, Charlotte. And she won't do it. She doesn't know what he's doing. But he gets hot wax and pours it on her chest. I did not love the scene. I didn't either. I didn't either. Because they both say they're not really into that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he feels the need to take her to that room and punish her for not thinking yeah. highly of herself. I just didn't feel like that was the way to like convince someone that they're worthy Especially of their self-worth. When that's not their thing. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Like I get pushing someone. Because she says it hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't like that. He says say you're worth it say you're worth it she refuses she starts sobbing so he takes the blindfold off of her and she says I try to shake my head and he stops me and he's like say it say you're wrong say you're worth it say you're wrong she goes I'm wrong he says louder she says 
I'm wrong. He goes, louder. And she's like, I'm wrong. She cries it out. Tears are spilling down her face. And he's taken the cuffs off of her at this point and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. And then they go back to his house for some aftercare. And she gives him a blowjob in the shower. I was going to say, that doesn't sound like aftercare to me. That sounds Mm -mm. like work. He does wash her (laughs) hair and stuff. He does do other things. Yeah. So we're going to continue. We're about to get into the climax and then denouement of the book. But before we do that, let's take a quick break. All right, so we're back. And Charlie is at work at Emerson's house, and she's telling him, let's tell Bo. Let's just go ahead and tell him. And Emerson isn't so sure about it, but Charlie says, he's fine. He's he's a grown man. Then things get a little freaky because they're arguing, and they end up on the couch, and he's like, sit on my face. And so first she's hovering over his face, but then she loses it and just suffocates him. <laughs> and he dies. Then that's the end of the <laughs> <That's> book. <how? laughs> Surprise! Surprise! Just kidding. So he eats her out, and then they fuck, and it's a great, great day. But I don't think they decide to tell Bo. Then there's another day of work. So this is almost two months they've been working together, and they decide they're going to play with the little sex toy that they had gotten from the club. So Charlie puts it in. And Emerson has the remote, and they go out to eat, and things get weird again. I believe she climaxes again while they're out, and they come back, and she's still got the toy in her. But they're surprised to find Bo is there. When they return, yeah. When they return. Mm -hmm. And she notices that the remote is on the table (laughs) next to Bo's keys. Mm -mm. He accidentally knocks both the remote and the keys off the table, goes to pick up his car remote, and accidentally picks up the remote for the vibrator. And he presses the button, and she immediately is like, oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. I gotta go to the bathroom. (laughs) And somehow, this was odd for me, he mysteriously finds out what is happening. Yeah, she... Well, they said it's because she is clutching, like, the front of her thighs. Oh, yeah, she's, like, clutching her thighs. All hell breaks loose here because he says are you serious y'all been fucking this whole time and Emerson's like no no you've got it wrong it's nothing and that really sets Charlie Mm -hmm. off and she leaves devastated by Emerson's reaction and for her it's over because he said it's nothing Mm -hmm. like it meant nothing yeah she meant nothing yeah and she was like he's right I am nothing I'm just the secretary I'm just the person that he hired Mm -hmm. to kneel at his feet sometimes like how did I not see this? How could I have been so blind? And she's already used to that kind of thing from Bo and her dad. So she Mm. just chalks it up to the same thing. And Bo's upset because he has this preconceived notion that a sex club is bad and his dad is Per, it's like pervy mm-hmm. and that he took advantage of Charlie yeah. and he so thinks he, he thinks that he, he like groomed Charlie and is hurting her it's upset Charlotte misses Emerson but she refuses to be nothing she refuses to answer his text even though he's apologizing to her saying he didn't mean it Emerson and Bo ha- talk and have a discussion that this was all consensual and then Bo talks to Charlie and she gives him the same feedback One night, after working at the skating rink, Charlie decides to go to the club. She's like, why the fuck? 
not. Mm-hmm. I have a free membership at this really exclusive club. I'd be using it. She has nothing to do. It's a weekend. She's a grown-ass woman, so why not? But it just so happens that Emerson decided to go to work that night. And, mm. yeah, she runs into Madam Kink there and realizes Emerson's there. So they decide to put on a little show for Emerson. Maggie, the business partner, runs to tell Emerson that Charlotte is in the lawyer room and Emerson is not pleased and when he gets there he sees Charlie and Madam Kink up against the wall and they are making out and Madam Kink is exposing Charlotte's breasts they're kissing sexy they're touching each other Emerson storms in because he's so jealous and he begs for her to take him back begs for her he gets on his knees in front of her he puts her in the chair and gets on his knees in front of her to be her sub and he eats her out while all these people are watching and he can tell she's getting off on it but at the end of it charlotte still walks out on him and he's honestly a little proud of her for still walking out Mm -hmm. i'm proud of her i know even though he's disappointed and then we get to chapter 36 which is really i feel like the climax of the book and was a devastating chapter. Mm-hmm. The dad shows up. She's at home. She's at home in the up. pool house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he shows up knocking on her door. He's like, get out here right now, Charlie. So what happens is someone had been at the auction, a co-worker of her dad's. And she had, while she had been at the club the night before, there had been a man who was giving her a really weird look and yeah. kind of staring angrily at her. And she was like, whatever, I'll just ignore that person. Yeah. She felt like he was familiar, but she just assumed she'd seen him at the club before. Yeah. He says, you're auctioning yourself off at that sex club. My coworker said he saw you there. And her mom, Gwen, comes out there and Charlie says... No, Dad, that isn't what it was. Sophie comes out. Sophie is scared. She is on her phone, and she runs away. Yeah. And the dad, Jimmy starts getting aggressive a little bit with Gwen, the Mm -hmm. mom, because they're arguing, and Mm -hmm. he pushes her a little bit. Yeah, he's being physical. Yeah, he's Mm -hmm. being physical. And all Jimmy is a douchebag. Mm -hmm. Jimmy is a douchebag. And all of a sudden, someone comes and pushes him up against the house, and it's Emerson. Then Jimmy starts saying shit about Emerson, and Bo comes up, and it's like, hey, don't you talk about my dad that fucking way. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what, Bo? What? Because they were hanging out. Turns out they were in the car together already. Turns out they've been doing some bonding. Awesome ass Sophie had called them and were like, you need to get over here. Sophie took care of business. Sophie did. She saved the day. I, I freaking I love, love Sophie. Sophie. But it was devastating for her because all this stuff comes up mm-hmm. about the trauma of why her dad left. And she feels so responsible for yeah. that. Yeah. But it is not her fault. It's his bigotry. No, he's just a total ass. Yeah, total asshole. And Bo stands up for his dad. Jimmy leaves. Charlie and Gwen and Sophie go into the main house. And I think they comfort each other and watch movies and whatever. So how did y'all feel about that confrontation? I liked that. I think it showed how much Emerson in the little bit of time that he had gotten to know Sophie and her mom that he had imprinted on them enough that he was a good and safe person that Sophie felt like I need to call him. He can help. And I think maybe that's what made me emotional. Yeah. Sophie could immediately mm-hmm. sense that she was not judged by yeah. Emerson. I loved that whole message, that whole part of the book mm-hmm. about addressing the transphobia. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. It was a 
very real scene to me. This is one of the scenes where I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I could 100% see this playing out exactly how it is yeah. on the pages. It's done so well. And I don't know. I loved Emerson even more after it. I did too. Then Emerson tells both, I love you so much, but... I- I love Charlie, too, and I'm still going to see her. I was expecting there to be an ultimatum, Mm -hmm. and I like that there wasn't. Like, I was waiting Mm -hmm. for him to be like, it's you or her, and I choose her, and if you can't, you whatever. Like, I was waiting. I would have hated that. I would have hated it, but I was waiting for it to happen. I was like, please don't. And there was no ultimatum. It was just like, look, I love you, and I love her, and I am going to love you both. I think when Bo saw Jimmy acting that way, saying those things, having those feelings about Sophie, but then having those feelings and saying the things that he said about Emerson being wrong for who he is and Mm -hmm. what he does, I think Bo was like, oh, is this what I'm... He saw himself reflected in that and he didn't like that. Yeah, that's a very good point because in the car, he's like, you know what? I'm uncomfortable, but I'm going to try to come to terms with it. I'm going to try to come to terms with it. And the book basically ends with Charlie going to Emerson's house. They have sex, of course, and while they're having sex, they admit their love to one another and they live happily ever after still working together and being kinky as hell while Emerson is having meetings and Garrett is trying to Mm -hmm. talk to him. (laughs) And then having family night suppers. Yes. With her mom and Sophie and then a few weeks after they've been doing that, after she's moved in with Emerson, uh, Sophie and Charlie's mom invites Bo to come to their family nights. Yep. And I thought that was really cute. Yeah. And then how it was awkward but then Bo made a joke with Sophie about Emerson being old and it was funny and cute so would you be a member of the salacious players club yes if you had the money I was gonna say I'm poor so I probably wouldn't be able to afford the fee (laughs) Um, the fee was waived (laughs) can we separate it between as a married woman right now in my relationship no because that's just not part of what we want I was gonna say it Walt wouldn't do it so I would say no because my husband wouldn't do it but but if I was single like a, yeah or pre-marriage fuck yes I yeah. still don't know but I would 100% I would not because of sanitary issues. I was gonna say I don't <laughs> think I could get past the I don't know that I could get past it I'd figure out a way so there were a couple kink rooms in there would you choose a room there was the voyeur room there was the BDSM room BDSM room the age play room I want to sit on the Iron Throne. (laughs) The non-existent Iron Throne. We have made up a room for Allie and it is the Iron (laughs) Throne room. I'm the dork that wants to be in the like fantasy room of like the actual like (laughs) this is a fantasy where we have people doing cosplay. (laughs) Oh my god I want to be in that room too. No one has sex. We just just role play. Sword fights. We LARP. Live action role play. (laughs) We're LARPing LARPing. in the sex club. (laughs) That would be me in the sex club. I don't know what room I would. There's they show a few more rooms in book two, and I can't remember what they are now. But I don't know. I might try them all. Who knows? I think. See, I think I would try the voyeur room where you watch, where you participate to be watched, or you watch. No, where I get watched. Mm. Oh, you're an exhibitionist. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. I don't think in real life I could do it. Yeah, but in my head, that gets me going. Ashley, like, learned some new things about you today, girl. Yeah. 
That's, I, I like the idea of people watching. Mm, won't be me or Allie. No, I don't, no. I, was gonna say, I couldn't do it my, in real life. Yeah, I was going to say, it's hard to like it would have totally to be, separate real life and. Yeah, it would have to be just complete strangers. Mm-hmm. That's the only obvious. And only. they'd have to be like really nice strangers. And they'd have to be, and they'd have to be not real people. <laughs> Robots. <laughs> Robots. Just, just cardboard cutouts Bechtel. standing there. Bechtel can I stand there and watch Bechtel you. watch. Georgie can watch. Winnie can watch. Vane. Piper can watch. Brendan can watch. Michael Scott could watch. <laughs> <laughs> Will Arnett could watch. That could be fun. Oh, my God. So, on the vibration scale, you guys. I give it a two. Three. Three. It's my thing. It's your thing. It's really. So, in, in the realm of smuttiest book I've read, nowhere near. Mm-hmm. But for me, this book was so highly. It was on point. It was on point, yes. Even though we laughed about it reading it out loud, reading the actual book, I'm going to give it a 2.9, so it rounds to a 3. Mm. Mm. So yeah. I'm, I'm still in that, like, 2-ish area, but I'm around it to a 3, mainly because I want to hear this sound. <laughs> this is how this vibrator would go and what it would do. Thanks for listening to the Rainy Day Smut Brigade. This show was produced by Allie, Hannah, and myself. You can learn more about Sarah Kate from the links in the show notes. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok. And we also have a website, therainydaysmutbrigade.com. If you visit there, you can learn more about us. Or you can buy some Smut Brigade merch. Just click that merch button. It's going to take you to tpublic.com. You can email us with any questions at therainydaysmutbrigade at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and any smutty book suggestions you might have, guys. And all we have to say to you is uh, stay kinky. Oh.